Welcome back to another episode of Sports Rundown. I'm your host, Z, and joining me today are my co-host, Waddles, Jackson, and Josh. This is the Sports Rundown podcast where we are four college students coming to you from the campus of Palm Beach Atlantic University, here to bring you all the sports and all the news that goes with it. And we're going to start this week's episode off with a week nine recap and our week 10 predictions. So last week I went six and four, Josh went six and four, Jackson went seven and three, and as much as I know you want to say it, you want to say it, he went 10 and 0 last week. Good 10. Congratulations, E. Now we're going to move on because you're never pulling that ever again. We'll see. You got lucky. I, I beg to differ. You got lucky. You know why you got lucky? Because of a, of a Penn State fourth quarter collapse. That, a collapse. That was by not Penn lucky. State. You guys were lucky it took that long oh. for, <laughs> for Penn State to collapse. Yeah, okay. And Ohio State's offense, at least, to take over. Oh, it wasn't even Ohio State's offense that t- took over. It was Ohio State's defense. It, it was both, honestly. Their offense started picking up, and their defense was getting turnovers right around the same time. But up until that point, Penn State really surprised me. They were keeping that game close. I was starting to get a little bit worried. Oh, I, we know. You weren't with us, but we were when, texting you. We knew. When, when they went up, let me see when it was. In the fourth quarter, they beginning of the four, or nine minutes into the fourth, they went up 21-16. And it, anyone would be shocked that the, at that point that in the last nine minutes, Ohio State would end up scoring another 28 points in the, fo- in the next seven minutes after that. Oh, it was... A lot, a lot of that, that, was self, that was Their offense and defense just started clicking on another cylinder right, right after Penn State took that fourth quarter lead. Well, I mean, I tell you what, uh, Ohio State defensive player JT Tumalo, I hope I pronounced that last name right, was phenomenal. He had arguably one of the best defensive games, games I've of seen. all time by an individual. Oh, for sure. it was unreal. He, he had an interception that set up their only touchdown through the first three quarters and then a pick, big pick six in the fourth. To well, and he was a part of all – he was he forced all four interceptions. He was a part of all four of them. I mean, he, w- he played a massive role defensively for Ohio State. De- definitely the MVP of that game. Oh, 100%. No question about it. Uh, the other game that I feel is really noteworthy from last week is the fact that Kansas State, on a backup quarterback, not only dropped 50 points, 48 technically, but not only dropped 48 points, 50 points on, on the, num- the, number, State, the number nine team in the nation. On Oklahoma State, but they shut them out. Th- this might have been one of the most impressive showings of the season beyond behind Georgia's opening week showing against against Oregon. But th- this was a dominant game for Kansas State. Unreal. W- was I the only one that picked Kansas State? You, you were. And even then, I thought this was going to be a much closer game. Yeah, no, no. no one could have seen a, a blowout even th- to this scale, especially. And again, with a backup quarterback. It, it just, and, I mean, the way that Kansas State – did like if we're gonna go with our little transitive property, you know, thing that we've been pulling the past couple weeks, Kansas State made the rest of the Big Twelve look so so bad, and they made Texas or TCU, Texas Christian, they made them look so so good. Because every team that Kansas State 
I mean, you just saw TCU beat this uh, Oklahoma State team. You've seen TCU beat Kansas State, and Kansas State has just come out here and throttled teams. So, And it's crazy to think that this is the same Kansas State team that lost to Tulane a month ago. Unbelievable. Hey, the two, ride the Tulane green waves, baby. Ride the wave. Ride the wave. No, and the thing that I'm kind of considering now is, is there a possibility at a two-loss playoff team? If they keep it up at this level, like with the way that Kansas State is playing right now, that's what many people are asking. Well, Kansas State is certainly a contender for that, but also LSU. And, and we'll talk about them later we on this podcast. Yes. But yeah, exactly. Them. Sitting as high as they are right now, they're that's not out of it. That shocked me, but and they still have a shot at, at a win against Alabama this week. If they can get that win against Alabama, I think that... I mean, I don't think you'll. I don't think the college football. Well, we'll, we'll move. We'll move to that later. We for, for now, we've got Notre Dame with the upset over Syracuse. And I, I, e, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think you and I not only said Notre Dame would win, but Notre Dame would blow them out in a yeah, win. Yeah, I, I predicted that they'd win comfortably, and yes, they did. We did. We were, we were correct on that. We nailed, nailed that one. Hey, yeah. I would have said Notre Dame if you picked one, but <laughs> both of y'all picked two, so. I mean, there's nothing I can really say about that one. Make your own grown-up decisions. <laughs> All right, before we move on to week two, I want to go on a little little ta- off-road tangent here. Oh, boy. I have been, the past couple weeks, I've been very strong on the Hendon Hooker for Heisman. And now I think that he's the front runner. I think that's obvious. I, I was also, I, I remember seeing that as a possibility first week, but I'm, I'm still riding the Max Duggan train. No, that's 100%. I don't see anything wrong with that. But I want to bring up something else right now. True freshman, 19-year-old, Drake May for Heisman. UNC sitting at number 17 in the AP poll, number 17 in the college could, football playoff Could very playoff well be higher, higher with just one loss in the ACC, too. Oh, 100%. And they're sitting at number 15 in the coaches poll. So they're a solid ranked team. Listen to this. Drake May ranks first in passing yards, passing touchdown, yards per game, completion percentage, and passer rating in the ACC. Not only that, he's first for passing touchdowns in the NCAA, tied with Stroud. He's got seven more than Max Duggan and eight more than Hendon Hooker. He only has three interceptions on the season. He's the team. He's UNC's team leader in rushing yards, and he has three rushing touchdowns. He's top ten in every statistical category, with his lowest ranking category having having him finish ninth, which is his completion percentage of seventy one point three, which is tied exactly with Stroud and higher than Hendon Hooker and Max Duggan. I want if no if UNC can keep this up. And roll through this until, at the very least, the ACC championship game, where they almost are guaranteed to run into Clemson. I think Drake May, at the very least, deserves to be in this conversation. Of course, I I definitely agree he should be in the conversation. I still think there's three or four guys that are a s- slight level ahead of him, but he's certainly in that race. And I think as a freshman, 19 year old true freshman, I think that is a very good thing for UNC to look forward to. He's definitely looking at most likely being the front runner coming in for Heisman next year. Oh, 100%. 100%. And then in terms of who both of y'all are going for for Heisman right now, I think they both have a similar case in where they're kind of being underlooked because from what I'm noticing right now, looking at the current Heisman odds, 
I think one, two, three. May is seventh, and Duggan is eighth right now. So there's a good amount of people in front of them, even though they have really good stat lines so far this season. So I, I think the they're two dark horses. The sports betting world on Heisman right now is unbelievable to me. I mean, it really is. I think that's the only way to put it. T- TCU for Max Duggan has has to stay undefeated. Though. I feel like TCU is not getting their respect. They they aren't. I still think they should be over Clemson and Bama. Oh, I agree. I agree. But that's not why we're here. So let's move on to this week's picks. With the first game being University of Texas San Antonio Roadrunners versus the University of Alabama at Birmingham Blazers. Fun little matchup name. I like it. Susan, this is our first of a few sun, Sunbelt games. A lot of very competitive teams in this Sunbelt for that race. 100%. A lot of games that won't be on national television. Specifically, this one, just not even televised at all. Really? Nowhere. Wow. Not even like ESPN+. Plus. It's just not there. And why on earth would you have this as a pick'em game? Is what I'm trying to figure out. Uh, if you're not even televising so it, or it has, like, even said anyone or has no significance whatsoever to anything hey, in the college It does for the world. conference race in Sunbelt. That's so, what, that's and what I'm ta- I'm taking the experienced quarterback, experienced team in, Franco Harris, and the... U- UTSA. Interesting. I'm actually going to go with the UAB Blazers. And this was a very close matchup for me. I had a hard time picking this one, but ultimately my decision came down to the fact that the Roadrunners don't have the greatest run defense. They've got a solid one, but it's not the greatest. And UAB has the number two rusher in terms of yards in college football with running back Dwayne McBride. On 164 attempts, he's got 1,150 yards and 12 touchdowns, which puts him for the seventh most in all of NCAA as far as touchdowns go. And he's second for rushing yards. So I think I think UAB's running game is going to get them the win against the Roadrunners. I think I agree that is really impressive as far as the running game goes. But also if you look over at the passing and receiving on – UTSA, because they've got uh, Clark with 700 reception yards and only 50 receptions, and then Harris is throwing 2,500 yards a game. Yeah, I mean, it's definitely, I think this is a game that could go either way, but like I said, I just, I think the run game will mess up the Roadrunners. I feel like with what you're saying about UAB and their their rushing offense, I feel like you could say the same for UTSA and their passing offense right now because Franco Harris basically has twice the amount of passing yards that UAB UAB's quarterback Hopkins has right now. But he also in terms, has in terms of defense, though, UAB has a much better defense. So and it's kind of it's kind of difficult. But honestly, going off of like looking at the games they've played, like the last five games. UTSA hasn't lost a single game, and UAB has lost three of their last five. So, and they're coming off losses to Western Kentucky and FAU, which are not teams that aren't on the level of UTSA. Yeah. So the FAU, what, the FAU loss is very brutal. And consider while it's in Birmingham, which I think will make it a lot closer. I still, I, I have UTSA because despite McBride having. An amazing rushing season. You could like you can't really expect more from a guy. They've still they're still four and four in 
in, in a with a not great schedule. So I if the running I mean his close to perfect rushing play hasn't translated to more than four wins. I don't see it translating to a win against UTSA. Yeah, that's also a good point. The fact that he's put up the yards that he has and they're still sitting at 500 right now, I, I think I'm going to have to go UTSA on this one. And Jackson, you went... I'm going UTSA. They're going to run over the road. Over. No, you, you missed that. was so oh, yeah. bad. <laughs> we want to go run, run over, run the, over road. the Blazers. The running back's going to run over the road runners. Mm-hmm. That's how we're saying it. All sure, right. sure, sure. Moving on to the next game. We have the South Alabama Jaguars versus the Georgia Southern Eagles. This is just another case. I just I can't even believe it. I, I can't even believe it. it, it hey, this one you can watch somewhere. <laughs> Look ESPN at you. Plus. Our local our local broadcaster. Get your uh, paid subscription to watch South Alabama. <laughs> Some guy Wait, with you're not his a Jaguar twenty fourteen camera. <laughs> no. Roll Jaguars. Actually, Speaking of Roll Jaguars, that's it's who I'm going to run with. Roar Jaguars. Roar oh, well, Jaguars. in this case, same for me. Oh, I like it. Completely agree. So what makes you go, Jaguars? Well, there's not much there, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, I'm going to just go off the fact that they're the 4-1 in their last five games. Or actually, oh. Let me think about this for a second. All right. You good, bro? Well, let me see. My, the reason I'm going with this is the fact that Georgia Southern has had a less than desired season, and the offense has much to be bargained for. With that being said, South Alabama has been ranked as a top run rushing defense, and as a uh, let me correct that, they have been ranked as the fourth best run defense. And they've been ranked as a top 50 pass defense. So they're a very good defensive team. And apparently so far, I'm liking defense this week. So I'm going to roll with the Jaguars. Yeah. Looking at these stats now, um, never mind. I'm sitting with the Jaguars. Jaguars. I'm I'm looking at the fact that Georgia Southern gives up almost 500 yards a game right now. That's got to be one of the worst in FBS. And then the fact that South Alabama has only given up 86 rushing yards a game. There, there's not much there. Beautiful defense, stopping them very quickly. And I've got, I've got the South Alabama Jaguars as well. And although Georgia Southern has had some impressive showings, particularly a double-digit win against Nebraska, which is solid for a Group of Five team, and the win against a ranked James Madison, I still have the, I still have the Jaguars. They have, they've had a better record. They've been more consistent this season, and they were only one point away from a win against UCLA earlier this year. That is true. That's a fair point, actually, yeah. So I have the I have South the South Alabama Jaguars taking and this one. And then two games ago for them, they played Troy, who I think is ranked in the AP poll, right? Troy? Yeah. Not that I was aware of. Oh, I could have sworn I saw Actually, they might I could have sworn I saw them somewhere. Are they not in this pick'em? I saw them. Yeah. They are in the pick'em. Okay, they're not ranked, but they're 6-2. and two. But no, they lost to, to Troy by four, though, two weeks right. ago. So Well, speaking of Troy, let's move to that game. The Troy Trojans versus the Louisiana Raging Cajuns. How are we feeling about this matchup? I've got Troy in this one. You've got Troy? Not much to say on that, just yeah. you're taking Troy? Yeah, I feel like this might be one of the easier picks this week. 
Because Troy, Troy is, has been more impressive this year. They're on a roll right now, too. They've won all five of their last five games. You're and a big then, momentum guy, aren't you? What you looking so intensely at? I mean, what stays in motion, or what what what's in motion stays in motion. Oh well, there. I mean, there you go, Albert Einstein. In, in terms <laughs> of in terms of team stats on both the offensive and defensive side, they're they're fairly close. So you can't really go off of any of that. But I mean, just based off the transitive property of the teams that they've played, because Louisiana Lafayette played Southern Miss last week and lost by 15 and Troy played Southern Miss what three weeks ago and won by 17 so hey give me the Trojans Jackson yeah I'm going Trojans as well not much not much more to go off of that well I'm not gonna lie I originally had the Louisiana Raging Cajuns down as my pick but this was the game that I did not do my research on out of the week. I spent a lot of time on a lot of games, you know, looking into some advanced stats because I felt like there are some a lot of very good games to look into. And so based off the fact that you guys have all gone uh, for the Trojans and I did not do a lot of research on this one, I'm going to change and I'm just going to roll with the Trojans. Guys, we changed his mind. Well done. Well, well done. it wasn't hard to convince me that time. All right. <laughs> Moving on to the next game. The Liberty Flames versus the Arkansas Razorbacks. I don't I don't know how you guys are going to feel about this, but give me the SEC team. I'm going with Arkansas. Going with Arkansas? Josh? Homeboy is staring down I, his I'd computer. have to say the same. I just... Like I was telling Z earlier, I just don't know if I could go against an SEC team that's like fairly good at home against a team that nobody knows that much about, even though they're 7-1 and one right now. They both played BYU recently. Within the past two weeks, both teams have played BYU and beaten BYU. Oh, shoot. Well, I'll tell you something that you is actually really interesting is the fact that in the AP poll, Liberty is ranked 23rd. However, in the college football playoff poll, they remained unranked. So, a little something to take into I feel like that would there. make sense, though. And I, I have a the lot AP of respect is completely for this, different. this Liberty team at 7-1 and one with their 100%. Only, only loss to, to Wake Forest Oh, by one, one point. point. Yeah. So, they're, they're one point from being undefeated. That being said... That's actually tough. I still, I still have Arkansas because K.J. Jefferson is a solid, experienced quarterback. I know they have a loss to Alabama. The Texas A&M one is is a tough loss at this point in the season, but I oh. still have Arkansas has played very strong in the SEC this year. Yeah, other than that three-week stretch against A&M, Bama, and Mississippi State, I mean, they've had a pretty good year. And then K.J. Jefferson, he only has one interception on 15 passing touchdowns, and then I guarantee the, the rushing stats are there for him as he well. He has six rushing touchdowns, which, you know, Big dual threat QB. But what I'm seeing right now that really surprises me is the fact that the spread is 14.5 points for Arkansas right now. Really? They're there favored? is no That's way. Wild. I, I just I see it being a lot closer of a game, even though I think I'm going to stay with Arkansas right now. I think it'll be close, but I think Liberty will take it. So I'm very, very distraught about having to pick a winner with this game. And I can show E right now. I do not have a winner chosen in my notes i've t- I, I looked into this 
I did a lot of research. Should We've we get a coin? Can you flip a coin for this? Can I flip a coin? If, if that's what you guys want me to do. I want you to flip a coin just hey. because. Good flip just, like, just like I did with um, the Syracuse Notre Dame game last week. No, I'm not leaving that down to you. Yeah. I've, I, you know, I think I've made my decision. And I'm going to go once again off of defense. The Liberty defense much stronger. has a safety named Robert Rahami who is tied for sixth in the NCAA for interceptions with four. The team as a whole has 11, which is good for top 20 in the NCAA as far as teams go, whereas Arkansas's defense has four on the year. So, but are, not, are they going to pick off K.J. Jefferson as K.J. Jefferson has only one year. On top, on top of name me off four of the last five teams they played. And this doesn't include BYU. Like, look it up right now and tell me who the other teams are that they've played. All right, just give me a second. Liberty football schedule. Regardless, I mean, you you have a certain schedule and you have to work with what you have. But at the same time, I don't feel like those stats are as impressive as, as if Liberty was in the SEC or something right now. But with the conference that they're in and the teams that they played, that's not as impressive as... I will say, I will say though, you guys were hating on my pick with Liberty over BYU, and then they blew them out. So I'm gonna, I'm gonna yeah, stick. Fair. I'm gonna stick with my Liberty Flames in a very close one, very close one. But I think with the defense and the run game of Day Day Hunter and Shedro Lewis, with two running backs who have combined for 15 total touchdowns on the year, I, I'm gonna take Liberty in a very very cl- hard to determine matchup, but it's I don't want to leave. It's going to be a close game. Oh, great game! I, I completely agree. It, it is, but, but this is the week the flame gets blown out. No, this is the week the flame burns forever. You, you Hashtag could, Olympics. You could have made such a better flame joke, and you went the flame gets burned out. <laughs> Come on! All right, well, what's a better one right now? You have ten I'll t- seconds. I'll tell you what. You know what's going to happen is the Suey Pigs, the Razorbacks of Arkansas, they came home to roast. They're getting burnt. Dang. Flames. That's good. Burning them up. Yeah. Another forest fire. <laughs> <laughs> All right, what, what's next? <laughs> All right, the next game, which I think is going to be a ver- another very close, you know, maybe underprivileged, I guess if that's the word we want to use, game. The Baylor Bears versus the Oklahoma Sooners. Two teams in the Big 12 that have underperformed this year. That also have the same record as Texas, sitting at 5-3, and three, which came to an absolute shock to me, actually thinking about that and realizing that, because Texas has looked like a much better team than both of them. So, very interesting to me. Now, however, that being said, I'm going to go with Oklahoma. Boomer sooner, baby. I, this is a crucial point for those three teams you mentioned, Oklahoma, Baylor, and Texas, all sitting at 5-3. and three. With four games left, because any of these teams ha- have enough games left and enough quality opponents left that if they win out at 9-3, and three, they could be on the outside looking in for a New Year's Six Bowl still, even after a rocky start. But if any of these teams go 1-3, and 2-2, two and two, they're looking at w- one of the lesser bowl games. So there, there's a lot still to be determined for these teams. That being said, I'm going with Oklahoma behind Dylan Gabriel in this game. 100%. It's just not Baylor's time. Oklahoma's time is coming sooner. 
Jack Harlow. Uh, wow. That's Don't look at me like that. Make your pick, Josh. Here's the thing. I completely, like, at this point, I just completely hate picking Big 12 games because they just completely disappoint me. 100%. Yeah, they're, they're so They're random. just way off because you can, like, all the teams are, like, the exact same. The, the so it's hard to, it's hard to pick one over the Big 12. Yeah, it does not whatsoever at this point. Like, the Kansas State game just, just threw me off. Can't, can't say it works that much in other conferences, but it works a lot less in the Big 12. I'm going to have to go Baylor, though. Wow. That's interesting. Because, in my opinion, Oklahoma's win against Kansas wasn't as impressive, in a sense, because Kansas was without their starting quarterback for that entire game. And then they played Iowa State and won by 14, so that, I mean, that's pretty good. But Baylor, the last two weeks, have been has been dominant as well, so... I don't know. It's going to be a close one. Oklahoma, oh, Oklahoma another, will probably win. Another close but, one. Uh, so I'm going to go with Baylor on this one. All right, all right Jackson. I'm, I'm going Oklahoma as well. Boomer Sooner, baby. Moving on to another Big 12 game. Number 24 in the college football playoff poll, the Texas Longhorns versus number 13, blow them out, Oklahoma State, your Kansas State Wildcats. How are we feeling about this matchup? This was a tough one. I agree. As Kansas State is looking phenomenal. Deadly. But I also don't see Quinn Ewers losing two games in a row. I agree. I got Texas. And I want to say something. I also have Texas. Horns up, which is very ironic because the last time I picked Texas, I talked about how every time I picked Texas, they never win, and I was never going to pick them again. However... Horns up this You're, week, you're making me want to pick, change my picks here. <laughs> Josh? I, I take it Josh is going K-State Wildcats? I'm, I'm just kidding. I'm, I'm conflicted right now, to be honest. Well, well, well Josh is conflicted, do you have a pick, Jackson? I, I do. I'm going Kansas State. I think that their defense is really strong, and we saw that, obviously, with Oklahoma State. Uh, but they're allowing 17 points a game, and I just think that's rather impressive for a team that we would not have heard much of in the last several years. So I think I think they can take this win. I think what Kansas State is doing this season is unprecedented and phenomenal by their standards. And I don't see why it should be stopping anytime soon. I agree with that, too. I think that he is also right. I don't see Quinn Ewers losing back-to-back weeks, especially... Losing back-to-back weeks where he shouldn't have lost. So, And and I don't see Kansas State having a bad game by any means, but I just think Ewers is just going to outscore them. We know, at this, we know at this point that most of the Big 12 games, if not all of them this season, are just going to be high-point shootouts. So I don't really see this being any different. Unless your name's Oklahoma State. Yeah, see, like, when it comes That's to that. Ewers, I've, I've been a supporter like when he's been playing all year long. Like I'm a firm believer that they would have beaten Bama with him still in that QB. 100%. He, he was on fire. Still biggest what if of the season. 100%. But at the same point, Kansas State is looking so good that I just... You have because they had, their, they had their backup QB against TC. Give me Kansas State. I, I'm, I'm going with it. I'm going with it. Hey, wait, E. Last time the table was split like this two and two, what happened? 
if I'm if I'm not mistaken, last didn't time talk about majority. How about majority? How when what, do E and I agree all, all, and you two all disagree? I, all I remember is that every time I made a pick, it was right last week. Okay, <laughs> and we're moving on. All right, next game. Turning your mic off. Number twenty-one, the Wake Forest Demon Deacons versus number twenty-two, the NC State Wolfpack. Not only I just want Demon Deacons just because their name. I'll be totally honest. Yeah. I, I want I want them for more than their name. I got Sam Hartman went dominating this game for Wake Forest. One of the best quarterbacks in the ACC. Yep, probably behind Drake May. But I've I've got Sam Hartman dominating this game for Wake Forest. And I think North Carolina State's going to struggle to score points without Devin Leary, who's still out for the season. Yeah, uh, That's where it comes down to me is the quarterback game is I just think Sam Hartman being, you know, arguably the number two QB in the ACC versus a team who's on their backup quarterback due to Devin Leary being out for the season like he previously stated. So I just... I think Wake Forest fans will also travel for this game because, you know, while it is... At NC State, it's in-state. North Carolina is really not that hard to travel through. I've done it multiple times. Give me the Demon Deacons. Yeah, regardless of the fans pulling it's up Deacon to the Demon game. Z. That's what I just said. <laughs> you said the Demon Deacons. That, that's what, that's they what they are. No, they're not the Demon Deacons. They're the Deacon Demons. No. No, no they're not. They're the Demon Deacons. Are you serious? Yes, you're I an idiot. I am 100 serious. Okay, but anyway. So, wait, wait. T- time out. Before we move on. E, lean what forward. What the heck is a deacon demon? No, no, no. Sh- e, I want you oh, to say. E, I want you to say for everyone on this podcast right now. Bam. Bam of the Miami Heat. Say his last name. Oh, shoot. You're killing me. Say it. You're killing me, Smalls. Say it. Oh, we all need a good laugh right now. It's Bam Adebayo. Look at him. He said it right. Let's go. Wow. Put me at eleven and zero on the week. <laughs> okay, but anyway, regardless, regardless of the, the week. <laughs> regardless of the fan outcome for Wake Forest, I feel like they got this easily. I this agree. is not even comparable to like the last couple of pickums that we've we just done. Like I think, just NC State without Leary is not a good team. They are not a top twenty five team whatsoever. And that's why I have this as one of the two or three easiest games this week. Yeah, well, there, we there aren't many, but this is one that. I can see a clear team. Sam yeah. Hartman's going to absolutely roll over them. Well, speaking of two to three easiest games to pick this week, we're in the final three, and what I believe to be the three hardest games to pick of the week. And we're going to start off the final three with your number four, Clemson <clears throat> overrated Tigers versus your Notre Dame fighting Irish. I think I know who you're picking, and I'm also picking Notre Dame. How'd you know? You didn't even look at my notes and you knew that. Just based on the Clemson overrated comment. Okay. And I, and I would agree with that. I don't, I wouldn't even, I'm not going with Clemson being overrated because I do think, while I do think they're overrated, I was basing it off the fact that they were number four in the college football playoff poll, which is utterly absurd. I agree. Um, I'm also, I think Michigan and TCU should both be ahead of them. I think this will be a very close game. I do want to give a Fighting Irish the little edge because it will be in South Bend. So I think that home field advantage can help. I think the biggest issue that Notre Dame is going to run into is that they cannot let 
Will Shipley run over them. Clemson's running back, if he gets, if he starts feeling it and starts running over them, I think Clemson can take over the game. If they can contain him, they can contain the game and they can win the game. Because let me tell you what, they can get Notre Dame's offensive line can get to, not offensive line, I'm sorry, defensive line can get to DJ. They can intercept the ball. Notre Dame's offense, they can run the ball, they can pass the ball, they can do it all. And Notre Dame has the 36th best pass defense in NCAA. As long as the running back, Will Shipley, doesn't, as long as they don't let him run, I think Notre Dame pulls out a win this week. I agree, but when I was making this pick, Will Shipley was what made this the hardest. I, that's what I'm saying. He's he's, he's, ma- he's making this very tough to pick against Clemson, and I'm doing it anyway. I I I think Clemson's been struggling the past few weeks. There, I I think a loss has just been like it's it's a, almost a matter of time for them as they've had multiple close games, including the one against Syracuse, who Notre Dame just blew out. I but in that in the overtime win against Wake Forest, they've had very many close calls so far. I mean, you could consider the Wake Forest game a good game, though, because it was at Wake, and Wake is a good team. The Syracuse game was at Clemson, and they got bailed out by the refs. Hey, that's your opinion, okay? Okay. But regardless, I mean... Who are you yeah, picking? No, they definitely struggled in that game, though. But at the same time, it you're saying struggled the past couple weeks. It really depends on what you mean, because FSU has been considered, like, a solid team. And when they're playing at Doak, I mean, they're a pretty good team. And so... I felt like Clemson kind of controlled that game, so the the Syracuse game was the only one where they've kind of struggled a little bit. But they keep seeming they, they need to they, do more. Than they keep not finding a way though. to win, though. They do, but they need to do more than not struggle to to beat a very hot Notre Dame team. I just feel like they've proven it enough on the road and at home. So I'm gonna go Clemson. I'm gonna go Clemson as well. I, I feel think. like they'll figure it out. I don't think Notre Dame's defense is good enough. I agree. They're they're letting up 130 yard, rush yards per game, and Shipley, I had it. Boom, 130 rushing yards Almost. per game is a solid run defense. Not a lead or anything, but that's a solid run. But defense. but that's how many Shipley has been averaging the last couple of games per game alone. Like him, and then Clemson is giving up 40 less a game in terms of rushing defense. So, like, but like I if said, if anything. Notre Dame's rushing offense is going to get shut down. Well, it's a good thing that Notre Dame is a well-rounded offense, having 14 of their touchdowns this year being rushing and 13 being passing. So they don't have to rely on either side of the ball. They can do it all. And I would also like to point out, what happened last week when you and I picked Notre Dame and what happened when they didn't? Uh, With those words. (laughs) Notre Dame did beat Syracuse. That's, That's what I thought. Next game. Another hard but, to but, decide. But is Clemson Syracuse? No, they're not. Clemson is not Syracuse. You're right. Clemson's not Syracuse. They almost lost to him, though. Yeah. All right. Next game. Number six, your Alabama Crimson Tide versus your number 10, LSU Tigers. Bama Josh, by 50. Wow. wow. Not actually by 50, but <laughs> Bama. You're saying easy decision. Easy. I will be this honest. Is, this is not Ole Miss. 
This is not like the Ole Miss game a couple weeks ago. Bama knows how to get it done with Bryce Young. They got it. Let me tell you what right here. I This is a game where I did a lot of research on their past performances, their past matchups, as well as how the teams are doing this year. And I believe that the teams, as far as team-wise they go, I think this is going to be a very good, very close matchup. However, there's one statistic that stuck out to me, which is going to lead me to who I'm picking to win. And that is the fact that since 1964, when this game has been played annually, only 39% of the time does the home team win. You know where this game is? LSU. Oh, yeah. Death anytime, Valley. anytime it's in Death Valley, Bama just just absolutely takes over. Off the statistic that only 39% of the time the home team wins, unfortunately, and I hate to say it, I'm going to take your Crimson Tide. And I want LSU to win this game incredibly badly. So do I. So that, do I. that would give them wins against Ole Miss and Bama, making them the last one loss – or have putting them at one loss in conference play and the lead, they would be the front runners to make the, the SEC championship. So this all this game has massive SEC West implications, especially going into the Alabama Ole Miss game. But I think with Nick Saban, I don't have a stat on it, but when they ha- when they get one loss early in the season, they they are deadly through this middle part of the season. And I don't see that stopping this year. I've got Bam and a close one. I, I hope you know, e, I'm with you 100%. It, it really hurts that I'm not taking LSU in this because I want to. That would be so good for college football if LSU wins this, but I, I don't see Nick Saban dropping a second game this early in the season. I have to agree. I agree. I think Bama's going to win it. I think that they've, they've obviously struggled early in the season, but I don't think that's going to be quite exactly how it plays out for them this game this time all right well it hurts that we all went bama and i almost want to change to lsu just because of that but i just feel like the past couple weeks lsu i mean having that win over Ole miss was good but i feel like Ole miss in terms of defense like they rely on their offense a lot more and so i feel like lsu hasn't faced a like top tier defense since tennessee a couple weeks ago where they only put up basically 13 points and so i'm just going on based off of Bama's defense compared to who LSU has played recently, I just I don't see their offense finding all that much. I don't see their offense dropping 40 points a game like they have the past couple weeks. I guess I just I hope that I can say that I got this game wrong next week. Moving on to the final and biggest game I think game so of far the year. year. Yeah. I feel like we've said that number a lot this year. Number one, Tennessee versus number three, Georgia. Your volunteers versus the Bulldogs. How are we feeling on this? This is also a pick. I'm not happy with myself for making. Oh, God. But I'm taking the Georgia Bulldogs. No. No. And this is a lot based on the recent college football playoff rankings. Georgia, this is a lot more of a must-win game for Georgia. Partially because of where they're ranked at third, but also if Tennessee were to lose this game, because either way the loser of this game needs the other team to lose twice to get back in the SEC championship. So whoever wins this most definitely is going to be in the SEC championship representing the West. 
if Georgia were to take a loss here, I think I don't know if a one-loss Georgia team has enough quality wins to make the playoffs. I agree, and I think I and I still think Tennessee their win against Bama would be enough to put them in the playoffs. I think this is going to be a much more what's the word? Th- there's going to be a lot more pressure. There's there's definitely more pressure on Georgia to to win this game and I think they'll they'll take it another close game, but I think the the pressure and the yeah, the the pressure is going to Georgia's going to play the best they've played all year in this game. I will say that I do think the college football playoff rankings did play a part in this because I think the only reason Tennessee got the number one spot is so that in the case that they do lose, the college football playoff committee can still keep them in the top four. Whereas if they lost at number three... I, I wouldn't say that because their win against Bama is definitely the big... Like, that's the, I, the best resume win this year. I think if they lose at the number three spot... I don't think they just drop them to four. I think they drop them out of the top four. Are you talking about Georgia? No, I'm talking about Tennessee. If they put Tennessee at number three in the playoff, originally in the playoff, in the playoff poll, and they lose to Georgia, I don't care how close of a game it is. You know, you're gonna fall. Wait, it's, they are, but do you they, mean they the other way around because Tennessee's they, at Tennessee? One. No, that's what I'm saying. The only reason they put Tennessee at one is so in the case that Tennessee loses, they still stay in the top four. Had they originally put Tennessee at three and then they lose, number you're going to see the favoritism well, where, of Clemson jump them, and you're going to see undefeated Michigan jump them. Uh, honestly, I don't agree. But I, uh, it, depen- it depends on if Alabama stays at one loss because Alabama is kind of a floor for Tennessee because I don't see them dropping Tennessee below Alabama. And I agree. I see them dropping Tennessee to five. It really depends on how close the game is because you have to consider the fact that it's at Georgia. That's fair. A lot. If a it's, lot a really, it's hard if to it's, speculate. If it's we, an extremely close game, because they didn't move Bama back all that far when they lost to Tennessee, and so if Tennessee loses by say less than one score or like three points or something, then I, I guarantee they'll stay in the top four because of their resume so far and just how good they've looked throughout the season. All right. Well, enough with the speculation. Who who do you have, Z? So I do want to say all of that is meaningless and regardless, because. For the first time ever in a matchup where we have the AP number one versus the college football playoff number one, I'm going to take your college football playoff number one. Give me the Tennessee Volunteers. Now let me tell you what. Tennessee has the number two offense with 47.1 points per game and the number 18 defense with 20.6 points per game allowed. You know, in 2019, when LSU won, you know what they had? They were putting up 49.4 points per game, and they were allowing 21.9. Very similar numbers. Georgia is only putting up 43 points per game. However, their defense is only allowing 12 points per game. So Not even. It says 10.5 for them 10 right and now. 10.5 right now. Yeah. So look at that compared to Alabama. Yep. Alabama was at, was, is allowing 16.6 points per game. And Tennessee put up 52 on them. I think Georgia's defense isn't going to be able to do a thing for Hendon Hooker and Jalen Hyatt. They're a deadly threat. Hendon Hooker can run the ball. 
He can pass the ball. Stenson Bennett is old. He should be in the NFL if he was that good. Hey, hey you could say the same about Hendon Hooker, except the fact that he's doing really good right now because they've both been considered to be two guys that should be in the NFL right now instead of playing right, now, in college. I would like, like to say I, I disagree with that quarterback comparison because Stetson Bennett is one of the most underrated quarterbacks in terms of a running standpoint in college football. He was actually a track state champion in the 100 in high school. You know I'm so glad he can run fast. Guess what? He can't run the ball into the end zone as well as Hendon Hooker can. And that's all that matters. He, he picks up first downs with his legs give, very routinely. Give though. me Tennessee. Give me Tennessee. I agree. Tennessee should win. But if you're going to look at the Georgia defense only allowing 10 points a game, that's very largely due to their wins over Vanderbilt and Auburn, where they had 0 and 10 points allowed. That's what I'm saying. But I then think Tennessee's, their higher points per game allowed is from Alabama, where they let up 49 points in a 52-49 so game. I, that's what I'm saying. I think I think Georgia's defense isn't going to be able to contain Tennessee's offense. Tennessee. It's really close for me. Of course. But it at is. the at the same time, these have all been close to you. No, but at the same time, um, dang, what was I gonna say? Probably something stupid if I had to guess. Hey, I'm going with Tennessee. Okay. Yes, sir. But less stupid. All right. Remember, I, I just remember like what happened last week when I was the only team picking the SEC team, Missouri on top. I just feel like if it comes down to a shootout, then Tennessee has it this time. Georgia's defense is not, even though they're only giving up 10.5 points a game right now, their defense is not what it was last year. And they lost Nolan Smith, who was one of their top defensive linemen for the year, which the news just came out a couple of days ago. So I just, if they don't put pressure on Hendon Hooker, that offense is going to do exactly what it's been doing all year long. So I got Tennessee in this one. In a shootout, though. Wow. I could see it being a shootout, or I, I think it's going to be in the 20s, though. I agree. I don't think it's going to be a shootout. shootout. I think it's going to be a pretty low-scoring No, game. I think Tennessee will drop 30 at least. Well, that's what I would consider, out for these two teams, I would consider 28-35. I'd consider that a low-scoring game. Yeah, that's fair. With how their offenses have been performing. But this is another one where it's Waddles against the world. So we'll, we'll have to see how this, this week turns Maybe out. Maybe we finally just uh, shut you up there. All yeah. right. So that's all we have time for. Thank you for listening in today. Remember to subscribe on Spotify or Apple Podcasts and follow on Instagram and Twitter at sports underscore rundown underscore. And we'll be back tomorrow with our first edition of the College Basketball. Catch us on the run.